0: Okay, nice to see everyone. Good day Chavez. I want to thank our series sponsors, Alana Mark Rothenberg in memory of Azriel Ben Yaakov uh, Feiner and uh, co-sponsors as well, Talia and Brian Carter, in memory of Nechovah Basfi Hirsch, Nancy and David Siegel, in memory of Moshe Ben Yaakov Alevi, Reverend Menachem White, Lili Nishmas Bessie Basfi Hirsch. Okay, we're going to start today with a uh, Hasidic piece of Torah. I usually leave that to the end. I don't always get to it. And um, maybe some of you could explain this piece to me. But I'll, I'll explain it. It, sa- it sounds very enigmatic, but I will try to give a rational explanation. But before we do that, I have to give an introduction to the introduction. So uh, to th- this week, what's the Parsha? Everybody knows. Parsha Yisro. And uh, Parsha Yisro is famous for many things, uh, especially Yisro. We'll talk about him a little bit more uh, tomorrow morning in the Medrash here maybe a little bit later, today. But uh, it's known for the Aseris Hadibros. So the Aseris Hadibros, we know they're read three times a year. Am I correct? Three times a year. Parshas Yisrael, Parshas Veschanan, and Shavua. So there's an interesting discussion, which I'm not really going to get too into, but there's a discussion of those that don't stand for uh, Kriya Torah in general, which I think is most of us. Do you stand up for the Sadibros, Pashas Yisrael, and Pashas Veskhanon? Everyone says you stand up for the Sadibros, almost everyone, for Parshad, uh for Shavuos. But ne- Yisrael Veskhanon, if you go back to early sources, it's not so clear. You should know that in every shul, except Keta the Torah, there are always a couple guys who won't stand. You know, they're taking a stand not to stand. You know, and that's how they're going to be remembered, as the two guys, because you'll never have one guy. Because uh, late Sunday them always come in couples, right? That's what the Gemara says. So there's two guys they heard once that my discussion, then they walked out. So they're not standing, you know, because to stand is just tough. It's just, you know, to stand, so they stay seated. And that's how they remembered, unfortunately. The same thing comes up in Pashas Beshalach uh, with Az Yashir. When it comes to the last, we only read Az Yashir twice a year. When do we read Az Yashir? The last day of Pesach. So this, those people, those two guys are going to stand, but they're not going to stand uh, last week, B'Shalach, because it's just part of regular uh, Kriya Sator. It happens to be that the Rambam was asked this question, and uh, Rabbi Salveitchik was asked this question. Rabbi Salveitchik says, even if you're paskin, that we shouldn't stand, because it's really somewhat illogical to stand for Veschanan and Parshas Yisro, according to many, because we're not reading it because it's Shavuos. We're not reading it because we're reenacting what happened. It just happens to be part of uh, Kriya But Rabbi Salvatich said there's a bigger problem. Al-Tifra You don't separate from the Tzibor. And I think it's especially important when it comes to Kriya Satora because we say, Ke'ishachad we're like one, they were like one, we shouldn't have a fight. Okay, that's the introduction. So then we come to the Slainim Rebbe. Today it's very popular, even if you're not a chassid, to stir, study certain chassidic works. This is a wave that started in Eretz Yisrael in many ways, especially learning of the Nesiva Sholem. Nasiva Shalom was by the previous Rebbe of Yerushalayim. There are two Slonims. There's one in Yerushalayim and there's one in B'nai Brak. What we learn when you hear Salonim being quoted, it's usually from the Slainim in Yerushalayim. But Salonim is not a city in Yerushalayim. Where is it? It's a place today, if you go on a map, it's in Belarus. Right? Belarus a very uh, friendly country right? in Belarus. They're involved a little bit. They're friends with uh, Putin. So that's where they are today. Slonim was almost totally wiped out uh, during the Shoah. But the first Slonim did something uh, very unique in Hasidus. He lived from 1804 to 1883. Rebbe from Weinberg, many Weinbergs claim to be uh, related. It's a big Hasidic family. Weinberg, Rosenbaum, certain names. So he uh, sent, already in the late 1800s, he encouraged his Hasidim to make Aliyah. And uh, people thought he was crazy. What are you pushing people to go to, to, to Eretz Israel at that point? There was a movement of some Hasidim, And those are the Hasidim of Shlunim that we still have left. Unfortunately, tragically, the Shlunim of Europe was wiped out. And then they split into two. It's not a machlokas, but they have a little bit of a different approach. There's the slonim of Yerushalayim. And you go to B'nai B'rach as well, The slonim. And a very beautiful uh, approach to Torah. So the first Shlunim of Rebbe has a sefer. Rab Avraham Mislonim, it's called the Beis Avraham. Great name, Beis Avraham. So he says the following: It's so shocking, I have to, I have to share it with you inside. He says, "Why are we reading Parshas Yisro tomorrow? Why are we reading Parshas Yisro tomorrow?" So the simple answer is because it's Parshas Yisro, right? Last week was uh, Pesachaloff. Next week's Mishbatim, It's part of the Seder. So he says we're reading Parshas Yisro because it's Hachana Lachaga shvos we're preparing for Shavuos. That's why we're reading the Sarasat Dibros tomorrow. The whole parish is about the Sarasat Dibros. We're preparing for Shavuos. Now, if you look at your calendar, we just celebrated Tu B'Shvat. We're, we're not even hitting Purim yet. We didn't even hit Pesach yet. I'm already getting Pesach Shilas, right? They start now with Hanukkah, but uh, two and a half years ago, you know, that Hanukkah. And then, uh, what do you mean Shavuos? Shavuos, I don't even know when Shavuos is here. In May, June, something like that. So I'm going to read to you what he says. I don't usually read inside. Parshas Shavuos. It's preparation for Shavuos. That's why we're reading it. We have to hear the Asaras Sadibros. In uh, what month are we in? February, right? In the month of Shvat for what's going to happen in uh, Sivan. And he says the following for those doctors here. Maybe you understand it but I'm going to try to explain this rationally, it's beautiful. Kamo rofe, you have a doctor, Shano L'Adam Trufa, he gives a person uh, medication. U Mechalei you don't take the whole medicine in one shot. Hey, this is the 1800s, okay? And it's still true, right? You don't usually, I know that you have some pills, you, the magic pills I take sometimes if I get a cold is three pills, right? And somehow it's packed in there, like six months worth of a uh, medication, but you're not going to give it in one pill, he divides it into uh, different doses, every day. Because the, the, aside from healing, it will kill you. You can't take uh, all the milligrams in one shot. Mark uh, Garnishworth doctor will explain why. Shavuos itself is so powerful, because it's uh, the holiday of holidays. I think what he means is Pesach and Sukkot are about things that took place in the past. Shavuos is who we are, right? We're Jews, and uh, Jews defined by obviously if your mother's Jewish, but we're also defined as those that are commanded to accept the Torah. That's how the Bava explains where Yehudi comes from. So we can't handle the Aseres Hadibros once a year, and if you think about it, the Jews couldn't handle the Asares Hadibros. When they got the Torah, they said, "Okay, only uh, one we could hear; the two we could hear from Hashem, and the rest Moshe took over." But he his preparation for Shavuos. Now, if you have the ability to say this over tonight at your Shabbos table and explain it, call a kavod. I don't understand it, but I kind of get the idea. So let me explain what I think is happening. And why it's such a beautiful idea? You know, every single day we say Berachas Torah, right? And if you think about it, every single time we read the Torah. And this is an idea, Rabbi Soloveitchik says it, but you find this in much earlier sources. There's a reenactment of Matan Torah, every time the Torah is being given. That bema in the middle of the room, those that are listening could imagine it, that's Har Sinai. I have many sources for this. You always have to have three people that are up there. We sometimes have, often have four. Why do you need to have three? You look at Mcephus Megillah, this is where you find the source for it, because you have a reenactment of what happened at Sinai. You have God, now, who gets God if you pay for the Aliyah? Maybe you could be God, maybe it's the person who's reading it. You have the person, let's say, one Gabai or a second Gabai. That's how it used to be. Or today you have a Baal you have the person who gets the Aliyah and a Gabai, and then we throw in a fourth, right? So one represents Hashem, one represents Moshe Rabbeinah, one represents the B'nai Yisrael. And we have this idea every time you get an Aliyah, you hold on to the Yoche Sefer Torah. And the way this is explained by the Ateras um, V, we learned this many years ago in the Trielash year, Kabbalah Mehar It's as if today we're like uh, holding on to the Asaras Adibros holding on to the uh, Torah. That's why you grab onto it. So I think the idea that the Salaam Marebi is pushing is we're constantly dealing with Kabbalah Satorah. Just like we're supposed to see ourselves, like we left Mitzrayim every day of the year, 365 days a year. That's why we say Berch Torah. why we have to learn every day. Privately, publicly, it's as if we're getting the Torah, and Torah needs preparation. So that's, I think, the concept, what he's trying to encourage us. Don't look at Shavuos the same way you look at the other Chagim. You know, the other Chagim have a lot of rituals associated with us to get us into the mood. Shavuos, you have cheesecake. But even that connects to uh, Harsinai, right? Everything goes back to Harsinai. It's not just that it's Hachana for Shavuos, it's really Hachana for every single day, that every single day is a, a little bit of a, of a mini Shavuos. So that's the idea. Now, if you take this view, then if you see anybody sitting down, you should give them a little patch and tell them to get up because if, if we have on every Monday and Thursday a reenactment of the Torah, then definitely when we hear the Aseris HaDibros. Okay, that's point number one. Let's move on to number two. This is going to be a little more technical and uh, rational, but as big of a chiddush, I believe. Okay, so if you look at, we have this week the Ten Commandments. That's what they're called. They're the Aseris Hadvarim, which it actually should be called. In uh, modern-day uh, speech, I hear people refer to them as the Ten Suggestions, right? Because God forbid you should command anything to anyone. You know, we're living in the days. It's, uh, whatever you choose, it's okay. And the Aseris Hadibros still apply. Not just on Shavuos, right? Every single day, as we pointed out. So in the Aseris Adibros, depending on how you calculate them, but in the Aseris Adibros, what number it is, interesting question. What's the first? It's not so simple to identify the uh, Aleph, the first of the Aseris Adibros. But assuming, let's say, Anochi Hashem Lokecha, you get up to, uh, we're getting towards the end. Lotachmo, we spoke about last night, is obviously the last one. And you also have. Lotirzach, everybody knows what that means. Don't kill, shalom. Lo Lotinov, that's not a suggestion, right? It's not a suggestion, it's actually a commandment about uh, what we call adultery. And then we have Lotignov. Lotignov, everybody knows, thou shall not steal. What type of stealing are we talking about? In next week's Parsha, which is very technical Parsha, Parsha Mishbatim, it's going to be another stealing that's discussed. Or it says it again, don't steal. So what's happening? So if you look at Rashi, we're going to look at Rashi, hopefully. Rashi says the following. If you ask most people, kids, adults, most people would say, don't stealing here means stealing. You're not allowed to steal money from someone. There's different types of theft. There's open, like we have in American law as well. There's robbery, There's theft, all different categories. So you're a god's you steal openly, you'll you sneak into somebody's house. Everybody I heard in Teaneck on Downing Street leaves their keys in the car, so you drive a car away, right? That's what you would think that it's about. But Rashi says no, because Rashi knows the Gemara in uh, Sanhedrin. we're talking about kidnapping. Kidnapping is what's being discussed. So, if you hear about Tigno of tomorrow, according to Rashi and Gemara, really you 're hearing about kidnapping, how many people have any uh, i could say a lot of crimes people have been involved in i don 't know anyone who 's been involved in kidnapping hopefully we 're involved in redeeming people who 've been kidnapped captives from the uh, our terrible enemies. I just put a shinin as an aside Miriam Baumel, you know her her son was uh, Zachariah Balma who was taken as a captive, he was kidnapped by, right? And she passed away, I think this week or last week. She was a great hero with her husband, Yonah Balma, who I met, trying to get the kid out. They finally got the body out. That was a big celebration. She got to experience that. But what, what does this mean, kidnapping? So Rashi says the reason why it has to be kidnapping, he's quoting straight from the Gemara, is because it's something that we know. Every day we say, if you say Rabbi Yishmael, we, uh one of the ways of interpretation of halacha is you learn something from what was before it. it could be what's after it also but in this case it's what's before it and what do we have before it the punishment for we're not killing and for adultery is you get killed by Besdin. today we don't do that but it's still pretty bad news right you get killed by Lo Lotigno for stealing out of the pushka. it's not a good idea but they're not going to bring you in front of and to kill the guy. You have to return the money, and it's a special mitzvah. Once you steal it, you get a special mitzvah to return it. So you don't want to be making that mitzvah of the Heishevis Akzela. So it's talking about kidnapping, and that's clear from the Gemara, and that's what Rashi says. You look at, uh, at most commentaries, that's what they're going to say, based on the Gemara. But then you look into the Seforno, and this I'm going to connect is actually to this line number. Sometimes what's right in front of you there's something a little bit deeper. So the Sephorno's commenting on Chumash. He doesn't have to comment on the Gemara. And he says on Los Signov, keep this in mind, when you hear Los Signov tomorrow in the Torah reading, you, me, we shouldn't just be thinking about kidnapping, because then we're going to say, this is irrelevant to us. We should think about any type of geneva, even if technically this really is about Dini Nafashos, about stealing someone else. And what he says is the following, I'm going to read it again because I'm telling you stuff today that you wouldn't believe. Bechlau Geneva, it's talking here about Geneva in general. He says Lotignov is being used for the kidnapping because that's the most extreme. But every Geneva has a semblance of a little bit, at least in its uh, strength, of taking something away. You take a kid away, an adult away that's also kidnapping. You take somebody's money away. As we're going to see, you take somebody's mind away. There's three types of Geneva, and he says you should think about all of them. They're all included in Los Signov. Bechla Geneva, Genevas nefashos, that's what we discussed, that's stealing a uh, kidnapping. Genevas Mamon, that's monetary theft, which is, of course, prosecutable, the first two. And then there's something called Genevas Das, that's included in Los Signov. I never saw the Sephorno. I always go around the table and I say, okay, everybody, what's Losignov? And everybody says, hopefully they remembered from the year before, but they don't always, it's stealing money. I said, nah, it's not every year. You don't know what you're talking about. And then I saw the Sephorno, And I'm saying, I don't know what I'm talking about because Losignov says you should think about everything. It's amazing that Rabbi Avram ben Arambam in his parish on Chumash, that I've been using a lot this year, he says, Pshita de kol It's simple when you look at this, that it's warning us about every geneva. Again, technically, I show you, as far as uh, the punishment, you only get the punishment, misas Bezdin, when it comes to kidnapping. But when you hear Los Signov, you should think about every type of stealing. And then he says something incredible. He asks something from Rebzad Yagon. Rebzad Yagon says, Shiyesh ish hasra zu gam that when you think about Geneva, you know, some people, I think it's called Robin Hood. It's even the name of a company. I wouldn't invest in that company. But there's a company Robin Hood, right? So what does Robin Hood mean? It's okay to steal from the rich and give to the poor. That's not Judaism. You need it in Aseris Hadibros because people would come up with their own idea. You know what? This guy has so much money. Why can't I help that person? Now, some people will say that's what taxes are. That's what welfare is, but that's the law. We're talking about when a person comes up with on his own. What's Geneva Das? Anybody know G'nei stas it's in Aseris generally, you're not going to go through the whole halacha, the Rambam talks about this in the Hilchos Deus, because it's a character trait. It means when you steal someone's mind, intellectual theft. I'm not getting into law school right now, we're copying somebody's uh, tapes we used to say, or today, whatever you call it, someone else's uh, Netflix account. That may be real theft, okay? Or maybe it's no theft if, if, if they say you could do it. We're not going there. But Gnevis Dots, the most simple case, is the following. Sam Ebel is going away for Shabbos to Highland Park or Baltimore. I know it's guaranteed. His wife said he has to go. I say, Sam, why don't you come for lunch tomorrow to me, my house? Now, I never have invited him before, and I never will invite him again. But I know he's going away. I want him to think, bam, what a nice guy, right? I wonder, that's called stealing of the mind. That's the same according to, you look at the Sophorno. It may not be the same punishment. There's actually no punishment of Besdin, but that's Genevas Das. And there are many different applications of that. When we see Los Lo Signo, the main message of the Sophorno and Avram Benarambam is don't be the guy who says, ah, it's only talking about DNA in which gives the impression that other types of stealing aren't so bad. When it comes to money, ah, it's only a couple of pennies. I'll hire the best Jewish lawyer and I'll get out of it. No problem, right? And the same thing with Geneva's Dance, which needs uh, more attention.